So it was great to have a chat to Dr. Katie Chimes, a chiropractor in our Marlborough Clinic the other day. Who knew she was an international bodybuilder? Uh, and it was kind of through her love of training, competing, and getting to know more and more about the human body that led her down the path to study chiropractic. So, yep, we cover all sorts of things, including a quick discussion about her famous Cairo uncle, Terry Chimes, ex-member of The Clash. And, yeah, it was just nice to sort of sit down and have a bit of a discussion around um, chiropractic, what she's really into at the moment, and how she's enjoying her time with us at Cairo London. So crack on and have a listen to our discussion. Thanks. Hi, Cairo London peeps. We're back again. This time I am in Marlebone, inside the Marlebone Clinic, and we're sort of doing things a little bit differently at the moment um, because I'm actually in the same room with Dr. Katie Chimes, and that's who I've asked to join us today. So I'm physically going to, we're not going to have her join. <laughs> oh. We're going to have her join, maybe. There we go. So let's just focus in on you. Uh, and I can... I want to have it on you as well, though. <laughs> that's weird. Well, I don't know whether you I should join around. in. <laughs> anyway, let's just do this, see how it goes. But look, um, yeah, it's kind of like more of a... An interview, I know, <laughs> like they do on the telly, right? Um, but anyway, look. Um, as you know, I've been turning these things into, or like, well, I think this is like number nine now mm-hmm. um, of interviewing all the docs all of us from. There. And it's, it's been really nice because you get to see bits or snippets of other people, like because you work with them. But then when you start listening, you're like, oh, I didn't know that about them, or didn't I knew that about other people. So that's really cool. Yeah, how it's good to be doing it. So, and I was saying just before that there's a few things I don't know about you that I'm going to learn today, Mm -hmm. so I'm sure we're going to share that with um, the World Wide Web anyway, but let's just do that. So, um, let's go right back to the start then, like we have with others, where where are you from and where did you study chiropractic? So, I've always been in and around London. I grew up and lived in the west side of London, so sort of Buckinghamshire way, and then uh, when I went to college, I went to college in Bournemouth, AUCC, okay. and it was I was tossing up with actually the idea of going to study in America. I don't know if I ever told you that. Um, so I was travelling in America quite a lot, um, doing all the Anthony Robbins courses and seminars, and then I was out in Florida quite a lot, and then I was going to study over there, but it's going to cost about one hundred twenty thousand to do it over there. And I think over here it was like a bit less than that. <laughs> Well, I assume it's part of the normal education system. Yeah, so. but um, it was bit, yeah, but I wasn't going to study over there. But I ended up coming back to UK and studying abroad. Okay. Now uh, we, I know you've got a famous chiropractic uncle. Was mm. that part of the process of inspiring you to become a chiropractor? Yeah. Or? Um, what really got me into chiropractic really is um, all sorts of things really. But I, I started out as a personal trainer and sports therapy. And I was working with lots of um, patients. Well, I think I worked my way up to start doing a lot of rehab work and therapy with um, patients and a lot of people with back pain. And I remember I had a patient came to me with spondylolisthesis. Um, so people don't know that, it's like a forward slippage of the, one of the lower joints. And I had to keep working with other chiropractors and ask them what to do, like what exercise to do, should I avoid this, should I avoid that? And it got to the point where I thought, rather than always have to ask the advice or ask a chiropractor what to do. I thought, I want to know it myself. So I thought, I might as well go and do it. 
But also back then it was like I was PTing and sports therapy and things. I thought I don't want to be doing that for the rest of my life. And then, yeah, my uncle's a chiropractor and I used to go into his clinic when he, um, he was younger, when I was younger, sorry. And he was younger, obviously. And we were, um, I remember my dog stepped on my foot and I really hurt my foot. And I was about 14 and he put those acupuncture needles in my foot. And he did, he did acupuncture as well as chiropractic. And I remember looking at the board on the side of the room and I asked him, do we have to, is it, oh, no, the, the nerve map, you know, the, all, the, all the nerve, nerve yeah, thing. No and I said, do you have to know every single nerve in the body? And he said, well, yeah. And I thought, wow. And I've always had a huge fascination in the human body. So um, it's always stemmed a little bit back from back then. But then when I was thinking about having a career change, because I remember sitting at my, my grand's table and my uncle was there and I spoke to him about it and he said, yeah, go and do it. So that's what got me into it as well. So let's name him. Like Terry Chimes is his name, right? Mm -hmm. Now, his uh, what, what's the story of him before chiropractic? So yeah, so Terry was um, he, all my family have been quite extremists in things they do, and he used to be a, a rock star and he used to be in the Clash. So people who do know the Clash. Um, it's a, so, I love that. There's just a yeah. You know, oh, it was just a. He was a drummer for the Clash. He was a drummer for right? the Clash. Yeah, yeah. but um, not the whole way through. He started yeah. off with them. And um, he toured a lot with them and did some work with them. And then he, he's always been someone who's always wanted to help people. Um, so he went through that whole stage of rock and roll. And then he went into, um, he wanted to become a chiropractor. So he went to Bournemouth and became a chiropractor. And a lot of people don't know the story actually as well. Um, but when he was there, he got loads of calls. So I wanted to go back to do some drumming and do some work. And um, the Clash there then got another drummer in and then they wanted Terry to go back there. Um, and then he got some other calls from some other um, producers. And there's one at the time they're saying that we really want you to come and be a drummer for our band. And he's like, no, no, I've chosen chiropractic. This is my career. I'm not going to go back into that way. This is my path forward now. And he was like, no, no, I'm definitely, you're the only drummer we want. We want you to come and be in our band. He's like, no. And it ended up being the Pretenders. Do you remember the band the Pretenders? <laughs> yeah. So he turned them down. But he, he travelled on but with all different people, all mm. different rock stars, and um, everyone, you know, those people. So but he's uh, always like asked to go and be a drummer to different bands and things, and then he was rolled, rolled, I remember back in college actually, he was enrolled in the Hollywood Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Clash were. Yeah. And he went over there and he was allowed to take one person with him, and I was like, can I come? But I didn't go with him. <laughs> but yeah, so he went from being in that side of the world, that side of life, into becoming a chiropractor. And mm. then from there, he's like doing a lot of talks and seminars on chiropractic practice he's always been someone who's excelled in all the things he likes to do he's, mm. he's always he's, he's someone who worked really really hard and he delves everything into it he, he puts so much passion into anything he does yeah um, and so I, I guess you have you been mentored by him as you go in your career yeah before, before I got to chiropractic I went to a lot of seminars and things like that so I got to know more about the side of chiropractic and how we all practice I mean mm. how you guys practice yeah. we're more it's not we're not just pain based we look at everything else on the more wellness side of things and that's what taught me back then and he said to me go to chiropractic school you learn how to become a chiropractor and then you learn it's like driving a car isn't it you learn the mechanics and things how to do things and you actually probably learn when you get experience when you come out there and you start working with patients so but let's fill in the gaps there there a little bit in that story which is you you didn't straight from school then mm -hmm. enroll into chiro no. chiropractic no. you obviously thought well okay well i'm not quite ready to take the plunge just yet um, even though maybe it was later. formulating, mm. but then you you went down this path of fitness yes. and sports therapy. Yes, is that right? Yeah, 
And was that because you were well into it as a teenager yeah. yourself as so well? So I, I, I used to be a swimmer and a runner. I started yeah. swimming um, at the age of seven, running at the age of six. And I got into competing quite early and I was competing in both sports. Um, and I got to quite a high standard, national standard for both sports. And I remember when we were 13 and because we were swimming twice a day and I was, I was, I was swimming twice a day, sometimes three times a day. And then I was running as well. Um, trying to work it with my, my training around it. And I remember as part of our land training when I was 13, we were first taken to the gym. And I remember it to this day. And I'm in my first training session um, with our swimming coach. And um, I remember we were told to do some pull-ups. And I, I just managed just to do 10, 15 pull-ups when I was 13, something like that. I mean, mm. I've, I've a lot of people do that these days. But I remember back then thinking, I just loved it. I just got into gym training and then we started doing the gym for the weight training and I remember being in the leg extension for the first time. I thought, wow, I love this. Loved it. Mm. Just fell in love with training. Mm. Um, and then I've always had a human, a fascination in the human body. And so when I was age of 13 as well, we were told to go and wear and all the muscles in the body. And I was the only one in my class that went and did it. And that's where my love of human anatomy really grew from there. That's when I first got into it. And, um, from there, I then just really got into like human anatomy and just loved the whole way the body worked. And then um, I was into I was my GCSEs and everything like that and sports stuff. And then I knew I'd be in fitness. So I was swimming a lot of the time and I was working in around um, the leisure centre. So I started becoming a lifeguard. Lifeguard was my first job I ever did. Okay. Loved it. I absolutely loved it. Anytime I could get to go and work, I go and work. So I first started working is that. Um, when I was 16 or 17, and then the fitness center was on the side, and I thought, right, I want to be a fitness, I want to be a fitness instructor. Mm. So that's what got me into fitness. Okay. I got a fitness instruction, and then I did my uh, first got to personal training, um, so I do my whole degree, or what's it, the personal training trainers yeah. thing when you were 18 or 19. Yeah. And I've always been weight training the whole time, and I was massively into weight training, and then my friend entered me for a competition, and that's when my love for bodybuilding and everything grew from there. So that was when you were 19, was when that started off? 18, right? 19, yeah. yeah. And I remember when my, I've always, because when we were talking about bodybuilding and things, I've always had a huge, like I say, fascination how the body works. And I started training and I started, started seeing really change, big changes in my body. Um, and because I was so fascinated with the, the leg anatomy, I wanted to do bodybuilding, so I wanted my legs looking like an anatomy book. <laughs> That everyone gets into bodybuilding for different reasons. Mm. I know some people across the fitness industry different reasons, but my main reason I remember this day is I wanted my legs like the anatomy book. I wanted to open the book and have my legs look the same. And exactly that's why, that's why I got into it. Yeah. <laughs> because I was so fascinated to how, how these muscles are on your legs. But then, so uh, it appears as though uh, you succeeded, right? Mm. So, well, I mean, I am totally have no idea about the world of bodybuilding, but um, how far did you take it or what did you do? Or? Yeah, so I first, my, so with that, back when I was about 19 or 20 and I was training all the time, my friend had done, um, I think it was a Miss Bikini competition or something like that. And she's always come to the gym, always looked amazing, like with, um, she always had these sparkles on her, and, you know, everyone knew she'd been in there, you know, you could smell her or her sparkles came off. And so we, we had a joke with her about that. And she just entered me for competition. Yeah. Um, and I cut down for this competition. I remember it. And that's when I did my first one and I won that. And then I qualified for the British. And then I went through that one. Yeah. And that's when I was, when I was like 19 or 20. And then I stopped because bodybuilding was seen as a thing. Of, was it wasn't a very feminine thing. It wasn't so well known back then. The Federation back then was called the EFBB. It's not called that anymore. Um, so I stopped it for a long period of time and then I 
went did all my tenure and stuff, went to around America, then got into chiropractic. Still always loved my fitness, always training twice a day for my training. And then I went to go and work in Finland as a chiropractor over there. And I really got into um, juicing, green juicing. And I really cut down for a holiday. And I came back from the holiday and we went to a party over in Helsinki. And I remember sitting on the train in Helsinki and I thought, I want to get back into bodybuilding again. This is years later. And so I found a competition. Six weeks later, I entered that. And then I won all the categories for that. And then I won for that one. And then I got through to the British again. And then I won that one. And then I got, that's what everything started getting rolling there. And then I got to meet a lot of people through the fitness industry. And then I went to different um, federations, different competitions, and then worked myself up. And then I wanted to get to the Worlds for one of the federations. It's called WBFF back then. And so I went and did that. Um, went to Vegas, did the Worlds. That's back in 2014. Um, and then um, finished that because there's some things, it, the federation wasn't as right for me. Um, and this federation, there's lots of different federations for different things. Mm-hmm. And they look for different different things, different categories. And then after that, I went to some other federation, did some other ones. Um, and then I won that one as well. Um, and then after that, I just, I got a bit tired. <laughs> I still just love food so much and, and, and I was getting working so yeah. much. And the, you know, you just evolve over different things. So I reached all the levels of things I wanted to get to. It's, I think but then you've, you've breezed past it, but I assume it's very much like boxing almost, where there are different federations, right? And maybe different weight categories and that Different sort of weight thing. categories, different ways you have to work up. So if you want to get to a certain category, you've got to do a competition, win your pro card to do to that one, to then progress on to the next competition and then work it out. But effectively, in, in sort of summarising that whole part of it, you actually won a world title in no, a federation. No, they did win world title. No, okay. I won but you got whole... into the yeah. com- you, you at least got into the competition. Yeah. So you won the British one. I won all my competitions. There's one competition I came second in. I won all my competitions and I went to the worlds and the, I didn't, didn't win that one. Yeah. Uh, my one of my markings was I was let down because my hair didn't look right, and that's what I didn't. But then that's that's the categories. It's, it's, just, it's just the way that federation works. So yeah. it's. Um, that was more of the beauty type things and things. And rather than just looking at your body aesthetics, it's the way you have to present on stage, it's the way your bikini was. But then there's a lot of other politics involved, which I didn't agree with. I'm not going to go into that side of things. But um, So look, yeah. let's go back to, because obviously through this time though, it's interesting that you got into Tony Robbins and stuff yeah. before chiropractic, yeah. right? But that was maybe linked in with the fitness industry yeah. and the sort of circles Mindset. you were moving in at the time. Yeah. And then was it Tony Robbins that also mentioned he was a Cairo fan as well? No, um, I think he was, but it wasn't that wasn't the reason on. I got into it. Yeah. But I think it's more, I went on those courses because I was looking for more of a, your next life step or like what is it, there's more to life than what you're doing. Yeah. And more for personal development. Like we all yeah. go through areas of personal development. And, and then that made you kind of reassess and go, Reassess right. and think, I don't want to do personal training for the rest of my life. I've got to be I can imagine doing that to a later on. I want to do something that I can do later yeah. on in life, but okay. still... Something on the lives of the human body because I'm always fascinated in that. And that's where you remember your uncle and yeah, then probably the chat with that. him. Yeah. And then, uh, so it's like, like, almost it. like a natural progression to go into it. Still mm-hmm. working the human body way of working with things, um, but it better combine some other bits of it together. Okay, so uh, you studied in Bournemouth, um, which a lot of the Brits do and a lot of the Europeans mm-hmm. do. In fact, Paul Danford, you may have saw, was, he was there in 1982, I think mm-hmm. he started, uh, or maybe he graduated. Is he knew Terry? 82? I think Paul knows Terry. Or, okay. or did he know... Oh, but later on, actually, and I think he knew Terry. I think Terry started a bit later on than him. Yeah, I think there's a like, yeah, Terry's probably not. How old is Terry? He's now. I don't know. He's actually he's now. Because uh, Paul's like about. Six <laughs> <or so. laughs> Terry's been. He's obviously Terry's, about. Terry's been doing it for over 20, 20, 20 25 years yeah. now. Yeah. Because how long have you been doing it? Twenty years. 
Well, 25, over 25 graduation in Australia earlier this year, you know. So that was like a shock that. So it goes so quickly as well. I can't believe I've been doing it now for 10 years. Yeah. It goes quickly. So then, so so you, that was, yeah, so that that is the, so 10 years you've been a chiropractor. You graduated, what, in 2010? 2010. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you, uh, you sort of, how did your kind of career evolve from once you actually got into skills to be able to become yeah. a chiropractor. So after I left college, my uncle always said to me, you're going to come and work for me. Yeah. You're going to come work with me. I'm going to teach you how to do things. Yeah. You, you jump through the hoops and do the hurdles and you learn chiropractic, mm. then I'm going to teach you chiropractic after that. And his main practice is North London or something, is it? Um, more East London. So he, had a, yes. he, had a pra- he actually had a practice over in Liverpool Street years okay. ago when he first started up and one in South Woodford. And then he had one in Waltham Abbey. Then he had another one. What was the other one he had? Anyway, so we have that, and then he got rid of Waltham Abbey. He always kept South Woodford. He worked that way up. He still works over there, but he doesn't own the practice anymore. And then he set up the Chimes Consulting as well, so helping yeah. people with their their businesses. With. So did you end up working with him? Yeah, yeah. So I ended up working with him, and then after working with him for a while, I had an opportunity to go to Finland, and I was seeing someone at the time. We've been through that seven or eight years. He's in the chiropractor, um, and an opportunity came up. We thought, why not just go and work in Finland for a bit? So we went over there more of just a different change of scenery, mm. different way of doing things. And I was over there, I think, for 18 months, maybe two years. And then that's when I got back into my fitness and bodybuilding. And then I wanted to pursue that career, that as well, alongside everything. And that's when I came back to the UK. Then okay. I came back and I worked over at Essex for a little while again, which I yeah. loved it over there. Mm-hmm. And then um, I left there and then came back to Buckinghamshire away for a little bit. And then here, then over to here. Do you know, nearly two years ago now. Yeah, well, I know because oh, um, three months is coming here. Is that that's not come quickly? Well, it was twenty seventeen. No, hang on. Um, you go I think it was you. end of twenty seventeen is when we did take this over, and therefore in you know, twenty eighteen, yeah, and twenty nineteen, and the two two yeah, and you joined us must have been twenty eighteen. Yeah. like when we sort of after we got the ball rolling here yeah. a little bit. Um, but yeah, time absolutely does fly. Um, it's quite scary. But yeah, that's. Um, I guess that fills in quite a few of the gaps about it. Does that make sense, some of the things? Yeah, my my progression through it. Yeah, Yeah, because I I wasn't really sure if Cairo came first, if fitness came first, but... Fitness has always come first. Fitness has been that since I was that tall. Yeah. It's day dot. And then the... Yeah, it's kind of fitness came first, Cairo, and then you actually got back into the fitness and combined the both. And uh, now yeah. you're just taking a sort of a little yeah. bit of a step back from things. But the, but the biggest thing is always the fascination how the human body works. Yeah. That's always been the biggest thing. So is that your, how you describe chiropractic? Well, describe chiropractic as well, I don't know. It's different for everyone. I, and I, um, because a lot of people think it's pain-based, don't they? A lot of people, well, not everyone thinks it's pain-based, but a lot of people, the perception out there is people say, I've got some pain, let me go to the chiropractic, get rid of the pain. And we know that's not, this is the case. Pain is a symptom of something that's going on. So I always see chiropractors as finding imbalances in people and fixing those imbalances so their body can work more optimally. So the first point of that is getting out of pain. Then you go to more side of getting things back into balance and keeping things in balance. And that's not just your physical body, but also the mindset as well. And I got into that a lot more over the last five years, looking at people's stress, stress levels, because I went through a period of stress. And then I, I noticed a lot of other patients coming in and seeing a lot of how stress is really affecting people, but also I got into like, so much into fitness and women feeling good about themselves and people's body confidence. That's always been an area of mine to help people with training and fitness and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I started working a lot with people's confidence, how they felt about themselves as well. Um, so that's one thing about getting people well and keeping them that way, working that way. But also, 
I remember when I watched one of my, my uncle's seminars and he said chiropractic transforms people's lives. And I remember when I saw him say that and I thought, well, that's a big, quite a big statement to make. But it's true. Don't you think it's true? Mm, absolutely. So like when, when you have a patient that comes to you who've had headaches for 20 years and they said that they can't be a wife to their husband and they can't be a mother to their kids, so they can't go out with their, um, their friends or family and they have to keep casting events because you know you have patients like that because they've got a headache. But when you get rid of their headaches, you know, they can be a wife to their husband again. That's a huge thing. A mother to their children. They can go out and play with their children. They can go and out with their friends. I mean, that is transforming people's lives. Mm. Or, okay, we have to be careful what we say about certain things, but we, we're just treating people's spines and their backs and the problems they have, but people who say they can never get pregnant again or they can't have children. And when they come in and we find problems in their back, we just treat their back, treat their spine. But some of them come in and say, I'm pregnant. I've had IVF three times, it hasn't worked, and suddenly I'm pregnant. How do you explain that? How do you explain that? And we don't say we can get your pregnant and get you pregnant. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't make you pregnant. But you, yeah. you must have heard loads more stories because you've been doing it twice as long as I have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. It's not as though you, you claim to cure anything or you fix exactly. anything. Um, but sort of some strange happen. things happen yeah. when you just yeah. kind of get improved function. Okay, right? we're still so. things like um, heartburn goes away or people's long-term headaches go away or other things start happening. I remember my uncle had someone come to me, she was in a wheelchair, and he, he, she, she said to him, I've been told I can never walk, and he goes, I'm going to get you walking again. And I was like, oh my God, that's a big statement to make. He did. Mm. He, he's done some amazing things. I, mean, I, bet, I bet you've got some amazing stories, and I wish mm. we could share all these stories, but we can't because of patient confidentiality, but yeah. we've seen so many different things, and it'd be so great if we could compile all these things together and mm. get it out there, because there's so much more to it than just getting people out of pain. So do you find you sort of gravitate towards sort of performance enhancement and sport or not really? Yes and no, I, I, I do like that sort of thing, but also um, everything across the board. I like to look at people's stress levels, how stress really affects them and see how it affects their bodies and watching people change over that period of time. Like when people come in and say that anxiety starts to go down, it starts to go away. Those are people I really like seeing. People feeling better about themselves, being confident, more confident in themselves, just being better overall. And if people can you know, enhance their sports and things, that's another great thing as well. Mm. But yeah, I like to look at that sort of things, but also people feeling confident and better in themselves overall. Yeah. That's why we, we, that really reduces me. That's, that's great, because it's like, you know, that's, that's another area of focus that maybe you just don't even think about. Exactly. I, you know, sometimes I don't even think about the fact as to how confident you are in yourself if you sort of don't have the pain or you maybe therefore you can't exercise because your body hurts, you put on some weight, you then you know, your whole confidence whole is affected, and it's this whole that you can yeah. kind of interrupt somehow. And I think the thing that I want to think about, and I have to always explain to people. So, if you had a black screen here, and someone was standing behind it, and they they, they okay, they're in pain and discomfort, but they were stressed and they were unhappy or quite depressed or not happy generally, what would their posture generally look like? Mm. Like this. And yeah. why do we know that? Because we've all been in that place. Yeah, yeah. So the first thing we can do when we're going to make people feel better about themselves, we change their physiology. And what do we do as chiropractors? We get them to that position. So someone who's standing behind the screen here who's more happy and confident and less stressed, able to manage their stress better or be better with themselves, they're more like this. And that's the sort of that's the road of chiropractors like to go down. Is change people's physiology so they can feel better with themselves. That makes sense. That, that well, makes sense. and so uh, I guess you can use your sport or you know training as a metaphor for that sort of a thing mm. too right? so because how do you combine the two together in a way yeah I'm still, I'm still trying to figure things out mm. do you know what I mean but you know because obviously you have to work pretty hard to get to where you were with all that mm. and so it's it's a nice little sort of you know because i'm sure some people sort of look at you and go well you know uh, it's i'm never going to get better you know and you're like well hang on you've been coming three weeks yeah know? um or i've been dedicated to something changing that long term yeah mm. 
And that's one thing about me is I'm a bit of an extremist in some things. If I, if I get my head down something, as you can see, I'm quite focused. Yeah. So if I focus on that, that's what I'm going to go and do and get and get. Um, and I, 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 I'm not like a wise woman who can really multitask that well. No. <laughs> you know, no, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's great. But once I set my mind on something, I'm going to do something, I'll be so dedicated to it. And that, that is my goal. That's what I'm going to do. And so I'll do everything I can do to get to it. So I guess the patients that you see, sometimes they are the, the focus that you have right yeah. at that moment in time. Right? And that's why we like seeing, I like some people who really want to get better and really want to get well and do things to help themselves as well, rather than being like, oh, I'm not too sure. Or, do you know what I mean? It's like mm. people who are really into getting well, looking after themselves and saying, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get things right, so I'm going to do everything I can just to get it right. Great, I'm going to work with you, we're going to get a program together and get, you, get things fixed. And, and that seems to be a bit of an underlying theme of this current time you know without sort of time stamping it too much we're obviously in this situation where we're just sort of coming out of a bit of a lockdown and we're assuming or it seems to be that people are getting a lot more motivated about being healthy at this mm, time because mm. um, we have more time to reflect and think what's not going so right it's been interesting some conversations with every patients yeah yeah i'm sure you know maybe even more fearful about the fact that if they are unhealthy, then they might get affected worse. Mm. Uh, so anything they can do to improve that situation, right? Mm. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm sure that's. I think also people have more bit more time on their hands in a way, and um, but people are busy at home doing a bit home more and doing more things. So I, just, I was doing some more videos to help people do things, little things they can do. Mm. But um, I think they're realizing oh, my back's hurting a bit more. I need to do something about it. I've had people messaging me saying okay, I've finally got a bit more time, I can do something about it now. Because time is what stops people from doing things. Mm. So where would people find your videos? What's your Insta oh, so tag? my Instagram is katiechimesdc. katiechimesdc. Yeah. I need a few little ones done, because when we can't go to clinic and help people, then it's just been just mm. little tiny things people can do. And it's definitely just common sense stuff. Yeah. And so it's, you know, I, I was speaking to a, a patient of mine who was talking about common sense, and it's one of his highest rated viewed um, Instagram points but, and it's it's so true it's like with anything if you can relate to it and, and a lot of things are common sense but we don't always use it we don't always use common sense mm-hmm. like little tiny things like how you pick things up or how you sit or how you stand or twist, bend or move or carry it's common sense when we're in pain we think about doing it really gingerly why do we do that? so we're protecting ourselves yeah. so why do we do it all the time? Yeah. and it sounds like common sense when we talk about it but it's like that's what I'm really talking about on my videos it's quite general well give us that um the best bit of health advice you've been given or that you like to give out to people is there- poor connection okay we're, <laughs> I, I, I don't be looking at this um, do you know what there's so many different things and I think things change all the time I don't think there's one bit of advice one bit of thing but I think it's just generally doing things become more aware of things because when you become more aware of things you can start making changes to things so if you're aware that something is affecting you then you're going to start trying to make changes to do something about it Okay. So it's more of an awareness, I think. Yeah. So if you find your fitness isn't so good, then okay, become more aware of that, then you know you can start making some changes towards that. But it's not so easy to say, right, I'm going to start getting fit, I'm going to start doing that. It's having an awareness of why something's affecting you, how it's affecting you, and if you want to make a change, why you want to make a change, having that why, an awareness of that, and then once you know <laughs> that, mentally it can have a big effect on you, because that's what's going to follow you through to making a decision. Yeah. Because people can take drink water or exercise and do all this sort of thing, but you're not going to do it unless you know why you're doing it. But it sounds like exactly that definition of a coach, you know, where they kind of highlight the things that you maybe don't know you're doing wrong, mm. That which is kind of, to a degree, it's, it's what we do, isn't mm. it? We kind of coach people to sort of show people what they're not doing great or they can't do great, and then we sort of help them down the road to sort of change that. Mm. 
it become more aware of where the imbalances are, the reasons why they're getting the problems, and then how you go about making that change. And that's not just gets once or twice, mm. but educating people in the right way. Mm. So having an awareness, educating you, and then you can start making decisions, the right things to go forward. Mm. I think okay. that's just one thing. Um, anything else you're into outside of Cairo world? Do you know what? Not so much recently. I've, I've been doing, it's been actually quite nice during lockdown, I've got to say, we first stopped a little bit, so having that take time out is doing more reading and working and listening and able to listen to books and read books mm. um, and taking more time for yourself. So um, I've been doing a lot more learning and reading of different things. Expanding your mind. I love anything that's personal development or expanding your mind or things you can do things to help better yourself or increase things. So or... give us a, a favourite book in the last couple of months. Um, in the last couple either, of months. Either yeah. just health-related or not. It's or personal anything personal development or... stuff. I've been doing a lot of Joe Dispenza work, looking oh, at yeah. his stuff. Have you done a lot of his stuff? Yeah, because we're, I was talking to Luke Mulhill, I think, about... Um, the, the green books. Of the, the well, not just green books, but the... Um, was it that? Oh, no, maybe it was Erina uh, who was suggesting the... Um, what's Joe's book called again? The um, To Change Yourself, you know, that idea of um, fear of changing yeah, yourself. Yeah, changing yourself, yeah. What's, right. um, I can't remember, I've actually got it done, and it's on, my, it's, it's on my thing there. I can't remember the name of it. But anything along those lines, mm. anything you can do to help better yourself or have more of an outlook or become more aware of different ways of doing things. Because I know Joe Dispenza's big into meditation and stuff. Yeah. Is that your thing or not? It's, not? it's never really been my thing, but I've got to do more of that. Mm. And I've always said that. But it's all about having Just to be trying calm. to calm me down. You know what I'm like? I'm 100 miles per hour. You'd be a I'm good the one candidate. Person, I know everyone says that. Kate, you've got to slow down. You've got to stop. But that's the thing, is making yourself stop. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of that name of that book now. Um, how to unchange or how to change yourself or un, unchange something. But anything, yeah, I've downloaded that book and some um, other books along those lines. So anything. And I think it comes with meditations too, that Joe Dispenza stuff. So, yeah. um, so you can literally plug yourself in and he'll talk you through a way of calming your, mm. your mind. You know? mm. But anything where you can do things to help improve things or relax you or have a different way of thinking or anything which is inspiring, anything like inspiring in that way. Or can make you just have that aha moment of think, oh, I could do that differently. Because we don't always do it. Again, we go back to the common sense thing. We know all this stuff, we don't always use it. Don't always apply it. Mm. And it's time to make yourself apply it. All right, anything else? Uh, Favourite disc, music you're into, or movie, or anything? No, and music would be. I've been really relaxing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love anything like, um, okay, I love like any housey dancey. Trancey music. A lot of people aren't into that so much, mm-hmm. but I love anything that's really high beat, like in the gym. Yeah, crazy, like really, really high beat. Yep. Or I love anything like um, Hans Zimmer music or movie music. Anything to calm me down. Like when I'm feeling quite stressed or I'm like working long hours and things. When I used to come back from work and sit on the train, I love to Hans Zimmer music or anything to help calm me down a bit. But I change all the time. Mm. Change all the time. Sounds like you need two different CDs. I'm, I'm, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a complete streamer, so I'm one of those guys. Either full on to buy <laughs> yeah. yourself up. That's what I'm like. I'm, like. I'm either either in or out, or full throttle or not, not you know, really crazy high speed or really low speed. There's nothing in between. Can you share some, because surely um, you have some advice for the, the level of commitment or... Um, you know, motivation you needed to sort of yeah. get yourself to the gym at 4.30 yeah. in the morning sometimes, right? Yeah. How, how do you, you know, some people lack that kind of drive or motivation. What's uh, what's the advice it. you can give them? Just do it. I, I think for me training, it was ingrained into me since the age of like, yeah, six or seven, I used to train early in the morning. I used to always go up and do training, swimming at five o'clock in the morning, yeah. every morning. 
So that's normal to me. So that's almost ingrained into me. But I think it's that the thing is when you have that real drive and ambition and anyone you can speak in the bodybuilding industry, I just had a patient in just now who had that and she she's up there like working hard. She's the same they also the same thing. If you have that real goal, that real vision, you'll do anything to do it. And it's the thing with a lot of athletes when they're in pain and discomfort, they don't care, they're just gonna keep going because they keep going because their goal is to to get there to win that title. Yeah. So it's that it's, it's about having that why and that goal first of all and that will get you up at five thirty in the morning or four in the morning. And I guess that's why it's like if you don't have that anything to aim for then you know, You've got what, to have that goal, yeah, and I mm. think that's what caused that dedication. And I've always been like that. Again, once I put my mind to something, I'm like, right, I'm going to do it. Mm. Even stupid things. Like if I say I've got to walk from here to down there, down the road within three minutes, I have to make sure I'm doing it in three minutes. Yeah. Not three minutes, 30. It's a weird way my mind works. I'm a bit of a, like, I have to do it. At this time, obviously, there is no sport. There is no competition. There's no marathon running. There's, you know, and so it's a really interesting one as far as, but there's a lot of people exercising, you know, mm. so there, there isn't that sort of, because I'm, I'm missing the bike racing side yeah. of things, and yet I'm still riding a bike a fair bit, but I guess you have slightly different motivations. Really, yeah, exactly. And do you know what? Um, it's gets the all or nothing thing again, because through lockdown, what, 10, 11 weeks, I haven't trained once. Yeah, right. I've just, I just walked every day. And because people have been asking me to do these these workouts, the online work, live workouts, and I don't want to do it. So I haven't, got, I haven't had the motivation to want to do it, so I don't want to do a home workout. Yeah. But then maybe it's my body's way of saying to have to shut down and not train so much at the moment. Yeah. You know? So it's about having that goal and what it is you want to achieve. And if you haven't really, get back to that why, and if you want to do it, then you'll, you'll get up and do anything you want to do. If, somebody, if someone really wants something, if you really want something, anything, if you have a kid who wants a sweet in that sweet shop, or you want that handbag, or you want those shoes, you'll do anything to go and get them. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think everything comes back down to that why all the time. Very good. And be dedicated to just go up and do it. Anything else you want to have a bring no, up? I'm just going to bring some water in. And just, just be really nice. It's actually been really nice being back working again now. Yeah. I, I have missed it quite a bit. It's nice having that break. Mm. I don't know how you felt, but it's been nice. And I've been hearing some really cool stories from people. Mm. And um, even just having more conversations with people, it's actually nice seeing people. But also listening to people's stories and yeah. other asking their experiences of what they've done through lockdown and what they've been doing mm. and hearing other people's miracle stories like yeah. other things they've experienced or things other things in their life and I'm like well, I didn't know that about you yeah but I mean you might want to sort of let people know that you know it's been three weeks now that you've actually been back here um, and you are available to be seen so um, if anyone did make it to the very end of this podcast or yeah. Instagram <laughs> there's no one on it now is there <laughs> Yeah. Then um, yeah, you're, you're, we're obviously available. We're sort of restricting the number of people in and out of the building, and um, but you know, I think within a, a week or two, uh, it'll be back. I to think normal. in London things have been a bit different, um, mm. and people have had fear coming in and out of London. But a lot of people who have been here have been because we're doing everything, sanitising everything. Everything's like gloves, masks, everything sanitised. One patient in, one patient out. Mm. You know, um, one chiropractor in one at one time. So mm. we're doing everything we can do, and. Um, Yes, people are coming in. Don't be fearful. Mm. And people come in and think, oh, actually, it's, it's cool. Yeah, I'm not be fearful of. Once you come that once, it's like, oh, well, this is easy, isn't it? So. Yeah. And can I get everyone to see right, you? Because, you. like, you haven't, you got away. I'm still here. <laughs> you haven't been speaking to the wall. <laughs> it's a bit of me all the time. But, yeah. Um, so. There's a quick tour of the... Uh, Scotinic. There we go. All right, well, look, let's sign off. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. That's good. That's one of those little chats. Thank